Any views or opinions expressed on KUR are not necessarily those of Kutztown University, Kutztown University Student Government, Kutztown University Student Services Incorporated, KUR staff and management, or other affiliated organizations. to steel we are back on the tracks trains are running is it steel throughout i where i imagine us in the ghost world from danny phantom okay uh and we sometimes travel ghost into the steel. real world or call it ghost steel <laughs> Giel. Giel. with an h after the g yes <laughs> there you go. um i don't know yeah it could be some kind of cool um i don't know how to explain it it looks like jello, but it's like ectoplasm. It works. I maybe it is made. Everything's out of ectoplasm. just ectoplasm. Everything's made out of ectoplasm. Danny yeah. Phantom, ectoplasm. Yeah. <laughs> the guy sitting over all... there, ectoplasm. Yes. He's waving like the queen now. Anyway. So I I don't know if we're gonna call this season two to the show or what because I don't know. I tried doing that. A break there. And yeah. Then we're back. But... It's a pretty long break. Yeah. For some listeners, it's it's almost like following a cycle. For others, you know, we could just be we're figuring it out. We're figuring it out. The schedule of this train it has not existed for centuries. So we burned it. Yeah, we got rid of it. I a burned it. <laughs> um, anyway, so we're, yeah, we're back to start off this. Uh, uh, the bearded episode. man in the window burned it. The bearded man in the window. <laughs> Oh, I actually first spooked for a second. I was like, "What?" Is there some kind of I'm thing talking about, about the previous president? Oh, okay. Of an organization <laughs> that shall not be yeah. named. Um, so the Illuminati. Yeah, so we're back. We're hoping to bring um more episodes, more consistency, and just overall, I just like uh, I think in a few months, I hope to try and make it a little more consistent yeah. as well. <clears throat> Because uh, I will definitely have more time then, mm-hmm. and uh, then I hope I can try and make this more of a, a focus. Yeah, I'd like to. I think I'm trying to figure out ways to make that easier on both of us. Yeah, and um, hopefully that'll work out. But definitely, we want to bring some better quality and some more interesting topics, and uh, as well as like I'm excited for some some deep dive revisits to some of the things we sure. talked about before. Oh yeah, yeah, as of course. Well. Because like I think feel like every topic we talk about. It's is, a lot of surface level because we yeah. just need to get into the topic, and then yeah. we can't really dive into it too much. Yeah. Like, that's probably what's going to happen today mm-hmm. as well. Um, I can start off, I guess, with a little bit of a description, I guess, of what this person... Uh, Grimes. Not that Grimes, though. Not... Uh, <laughs> okay. No, this guy's name is Ronald Grimes, I believe. Ronald L. Grimes. Uh, he's a folklorist, I think. 
Uh, I'm not entirely certain because this isn't written by him. They're just citing him. Because um, he came up with a sort of definition and idea of how to talk about rituals. Um, I'm just going to, just to give a brief overview, just to introduce what rituals are, because that's our topic today. <laughs> Usually I try to come up with a more comedic or uh, witty way to introduce topics, but I didn't today. I am lightheaded, it's fine. Um, I, uh, of course I'm lightheaded, I'm a ghost. Um, but yeah, so basically... in the first place, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Um, so basically what a ritual is... I'm going to turn this down a little bit, I think on our end. Um, so basically what a ritual is, at least according to Grimes, is like a... He, he says here, a scripted performance of words and actions. Uh, they're meant to be imagining or creating the world as it ought to be or how they believe it should be. Um, they can be both religious or cultural. Uh, specifically, I, I don't know if it's here, but they talk about the ancient Greeks and uh, their sort of religious actions. This song's a little quieter. Um, but they're not... like uh, They talk about how the ancient Greeks are not... Like, it's not proper to call the ancient Greek religion a religion. Mm. Because it isn't really a religion like Christianity or anything like that. There's no written documents that connect every single one of them. It's a collection of cults. Yeah. Because a lot of the gods are worshipped by individual groups in various regions that they're yeah important to. Um, the only ones that were widely worshipped are the Pantheon. Mm -hmm. So, like, the Olympians, basically. Other than that, they really weren't worshipped by that many people. Even Dionysus wasn't worshipped widely by people until he became a part of the Olympians. Because he wasn't at one point. He was introduced from, I don't know, probably the Phoenicians or something. I'm not entirely certain on that anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Because our idea of religion is that organization that comes from, like, yeah. especially the most prevalent one in our society, which is Christian. We don't even have a name for the ancient Greek religion. That's yeah. why I have to refer to it as the ancient Greek religion. Yeah. Because they probably didn't have a name for it. Because it was yeah. just like, oh yeah, which god do you worship? Yeah. And and many of them. And some of them would lie because, you know, secret cults. Yeah. And, like, many of the ideas of their gods and deities came from just explanations for the way life was and the way. Things happen and all, uh, folk stories. We're just getting uh, drunk, passed down. like with Dionysus. Yeah, or um, madness in his case as well. My favorite attribute to him. Yeah, because it's interesting. She doesn't get talked about enough. I feel anyway. Um, it's just interesting. A lot of these things stem from experience. But that's the same with a lot of other religions like that too. A lot of ancient religions are that way. Yeah. But uh, uh, what is it? What is the term for that when there's multiple deities? That's uh, polytheism. Oh, polytheism. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but if you want to go into one of your topics, um, yeah, sure. Um, well, actually, maybe if I have a small topic, because I think both ears are rather large, because we're are, nearing yeah. up on a, you know, an interruption. Our first interruption. Yeah. Our first interruption. It feels as if we just started, but we already have to have uh, talk with the conductor, so yeah, we're, yeah. we're going to take a second. He's a, he's a very nosy man. He or, uh, well, nosy spirit, I mean, let's when, say. When we I'm are, not sure what his uh, identity when is. When we are his only usual I say his still, but whatever. <laughs> we are his only usual passenger, so... Yeah. Um, I guess the small thing, since I was talking about ancient Greeks, one of the most, like... Uh, probably the one of the most popular or, like, well-known... Uh, images of the dead. It was even in Game of Thrones, actually, kind of. Hmm. Um, is the coins. Mm -hmm. The coins, I... 
and, and Game of Thrones, and I think most people see them as being two coins on the eyes. Yeah, but that's like old West stuff. Morticians would do that. That's uh, that might be, but there's a thing from ancient Greece called Charon's Oval. If you don't know, which we probably talked about him when we talked about um, psychopomps or something like that, uh, the Charon is the ferryman of the dead. He takes people across the river Styx and leads them to the afterlife. But specifically, Charon's Obol, because uh, an Obol is an ancient Greek word for some form of currency. Uh, and uh, the Charon's Obol is a coin placed in the mouth, or on the mouth, of the, the deceased. And uh, that is so that they have um, payment to ferry them across the sea. That's right, the yeah. That's essentially all it is. There is a, probably a lot more to it, um, which I may delve into at a different time with different topics. But yeah. um, that's that's like just a quick little introduction to what a sort of ritual might be. Um, yeah, it's, it's a repetitive practice thing. That A lot of them have to do with that, the dead. Yeah. But that's probably mostly because a lot of what we can find is of the dead, which yeah. you can speak to that a little bit. I mean, but like not right now. Ritualistic ideas and practices are usually shrouded in mysticism, depending on the way you're looking. That's at like them. Uh, what people talk about with uh, Egypt, though. Mm-hmm. How like, oh, we think they're a society that's obsessed with the dead and death and yeah. the afterlife. It's like, well, maybe, but not necessarily, because yeah. everything we know about ancient Egypt comes from their tombs, usually, because that's yeah. what's preserved. We and don't know what their actual day-to-day life was exactly like. Yeah. But we can find that from other things. Mm-hmm. But, like, a lot of it is has to do with rituals, especially mm-hmm. because people were obsessed with pyramids. Yeah. And what was in them. And, and on the surface, like, looking at death and rituals is, is you can see the parallels with the idea that rituals are involved usually with mysticism or something. And our understanding of death is very, very, very... Minuscule. Yeah. Um, uh, as, the uh, as the far conductor as... is banging on the oh. door. <laughs> he is here. I will save that tangent for when we come back. Sure. Um, so you're with us here on the Paranormal Express. Yep. <laughs> got to keep those rails greased up and ready for us. We got to keep that keep gl- gliding along. Gl- the <laughs> the goal. The ghost. ghost yeah. There gl- we go. Uh, we will be right back. From the KUR Notebook, attention KU community. Want to join a campus club that has a focus on activism, racial justice, gender equity, self-empowerment, and anti-violence? If so, come join FMLA. FMLA meets every Tuesday from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. at room 104 in the Botswood House. We hope to see you there. Again, that's... Tuesday from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. at Route 104 at the Botswood House. This message of community interest brought to you by the Radio Voice of Pittsburgh University, KUR. Welcome back. Our wonderful guests on the Paranormal Express. Yep. Of Express. The paranormal uh, the Panda Express. Uh, <laughs> paranormal Panda Express. Paranormal yes. panda there Express. is a panda in the corner. <laughs> there, there is, yes. This, this room is getting unbelievably bigger by the second. Mm-hmm. We pick up some some strange strangers um, <sighs> yes. on, our, on, on, on these rails. Um, you know, I mean, spirits. many pandas do die very frequently. So, yeah. 
Oh, that's one way to bring it in. Yeah, it's very, yeah, it's the depressing way to do it. I just found gum under my table, and that's gonna bother. It's me. from the panda. Okay. <laughs> he likes to chew gum. Is that how he died? The gum. Yes. Okay. Uh, he blew up uh, too big of a, a bubble gum. A habit not broken by death. Uh, impressive. All right. So if you're just joining us now, listening in, um, we are talking about rituals today, and I'm gonna bring it in. Uh, with probably one of the most easiest slam dunk like ritual ideas you could probably think of. I, we Brushing talk about your teeth. death. We do, yeah. <laughs> Stretching as soon as you wake up with a yawn. No. Um, probably one of the most classic depictions of rituals and mistakenly depicted and just universally used for all things big, bad, evil, no good um, is the pentagram. Uh, more specifically, the the pentagram circle, or the satanic circle, or the 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 oh no oof, give we bad circle. Um, <laughs> um, because there's actually an ambiguation in the the term pentagram. Yes. The, a pentagram itself. There's even pentagrams is, that are religious, like Christian symbols. Oh yeah, no, for sure. Um, I mean, like a star in general. You know, we talk about um, the star that led the three wise men to jesus there's many other stars um but so so let's let's start with pentagram so you know pentagram uh the word penta uh, is greek for five and gram um is line so um how does that tie together well um the anchor what was specific about the idea of the pentagram mathematically was that it's a fantastic object to talk about for that it has it has an even amount of lines it has five points of the same degree angle i think it's 32 degrees at each angle yeah something like that i think because the one you sent me that i saw of the pentagram that's an actual star Mm -hmm. that's not the satanic pentacle pentagram Mm -hmm. the satanic one is flipped upside down because then it turns into baphomet because the two like star legs become horns Uh-huh. <laughs> There's a passenger trying to sign language to us right now. Shut up, Panda. <laughs> Panda. <laughs> I forget who else um, we said was in here earlier. Um, I don't remember. Because when I was referencing the bearded man earlier, that was not yeah. him. That's yeah, a, picture, right. in that's a picture in the other room. Um, so, so with this, um, it's the representation of a star within the circle. That's actually called a pentacle. Yeah. Oh. Um, so the pentagram is just the star. Uh, Pentacle is the star within a circle. I can't see what you're pointing. I know. There's okay. a there's a man showering in some Christian art. It's an early baptism. Oh, apparently. interesting. Okay. Uh, um, but it kind of looks like a bird's pooping on him. So um, one of the oldest representations of this pentacle um, is called the Seal of so- Solomon. Um, it's a signet ring, and it's attributed to the Israelite King Solomon. Um, and we see this in many different traditions, mystical or not, spanning Jewish and Islamic mysticism. Um, and of course, we also think of the Star of David, which is a star within a yes. circle. But the Star of David is like a triangle, and another triangle fitted together. Yeah, yeah. So it's not not, a not proper, exactly like what you would think of as a star. Yeah, because it's got that that perfect. Um, how many sides is that? The shape it's in like the center seven, of that. I think it's. Is the, it, it's it, it creates like a perfect shape. It's in the like center. yeah, it's just a triangle and then another triangle upside down, mm-hmm. and it makes six sides. Yeah. So it's the, technically um, a. Uh, and that comparison will be important hexagram? later. Hexagram. Yeah, I think that's six hex. Because hep, hex I think is, is seven. Yeah, hep is seven, oct is eight. Yeah. Non is nine. 
Penta 5, as Not I just said. Um, okay, so, and um, uh, this introduction into the occult, it was used for ta- talisman. That looks very magical satanic. evocation. Comes from uh, our old homeboy. We've mentioned Ooh. him in many different episodes. Uh, that's Mr. Aleister Crowley. Crowley. Uh, what went down inter- in his head? Introduction to the uh, uh, Lima. Uh, oh, we however, talked about the Lima before on this show. Yeah, yeah, we have. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, and I think the Golden Dawn, which is another group that he did. Yes, that's actually another thing that came out. Like they, they had something called specifically the Hermetic the, Order the, of the, the Golden Dawn or something yeah. like that. Yeah, uh, they had the Lesser Banishing Ritual, which used oh. a pentagram, and that was like one of the older symbols. Was that to like well. banish demons or something? I, I, either banishing that or maybe energies and things like that. I didn't have mm. enough of it in here, but. Um, Okay. However, if you've seen a pentagram before, the most common use of it is uh, 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 neo-paganism, specifically yes. Wicca. Yeah, yeah. Um, you see but they're many... reviving an old religion. Yeah. It's the, almost the same thing. Well, I don't want to say the same thing because that's kind of rude to them, I feel. Mm-hmm. But it's similar in a way to like an author talking about ancient stuff and yeah. like bringing it into like an urban fantasy novel. Mm-hmm. It's similar because they're reviving similar. that idea. Yeah. Uh, because in, in that case, uh, the pentagram having five points is the five classical elements, which is spirit, air, earth, fire, right, and water. That's a very Eastern idea, mm-hmm. or it seems like it would be anyway. Um, and uh, but then again, I don't know enough about ancient European stuff, especially Slavic stuff. Yeah, from that that goes that goes uh, crazy sometimes. Yeah. Um, and of course, uh, using the pentagram is like almost like their own tool of faith, you know, almost akin to the cross in Christianity. Yes. Or the Star of David. It's a um, respect, remembrance, and the reliance on the elements to use uh, for their daily lives, you know, with spells, crafts, and things like that. Um, because, I mean, a- elements are what make up many things. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so, so to tie this basically all Can back into that. Can there be a that, star that encompasses all the elements on the periodic table? That would be almost a complete circle. <laughs> well, not a complete circle. It would have little points, know. but it would be is almost there, a complete circle. Is there a name for those those? How circles? many? Wait, how many is there? Well, you might want to continue. Yeah, we're I'll, I'll let you keep going that. Um, so to tie this all back into that image of this candlelit pentagram, which is like commonly this idea of like, oh, it's a satanic ritual, you know, burning candles. Mm-hmm. Um, um, we could draw the parallels of ancient mysticism and the idea that burning candles was used to cast spells or rites. So each point on that pentagram, doning a candle, is pulling from that represented element during spells or uh, evocation, uh, things like that. Uh, so unfortunately, I began searching this idea about the pentagram or the pentacle in general. Um, Hopefully to find something interesting in history behind the candlelit summoning circle demonized, no pun intended, by Christianity for over a century. However, I got demonized has been demonized by Christianity. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, However, I got really disappointed because the only way to really find anything about the satanic ritual circle is to act in the mindset of a fearful Christian parent concerned about one's child's interest in a washed up rock band basically yeah. like i literally had to go what is oh yeah like, my parents I, used to not let me listen to acdc because they believe yeah they it's it's the satanic panic bringing it back um still going strong with that like like that my was the only way i could to find anything. smoke on the water when i was learning guitar when i was nine <laughs> um like i really tried to look up oh um 
uh, pentagram, circle, history, origin, all of that. Like it would bring up so many random abstract things. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find specifically how it like tied into Satanism. But I have a theory based on a little bit of research and, you know, the overarching idea of Christianity definitely ruined it. Um, so uh, there's a few building blocks to it. Of course, uh, the idea that everything new is di- different is bad and goes against beliefs. That's a very difficult stigma to end and go uh, get yeah. over. Uh, it's fairly obvious that as mysticism grew pop- in popularity in the 1900s, uh, more subtle uses of that symbol continu- continue to become more stigmatized. Uh, a little more con- controversial, in the 1960s, we saw the satanic panic that was brewing at just in time yeah. for a weaning but still ever-present... That also was born out of uh, the Red Scare and stuff. Oh, yeah. Just witch hunts, basically. And that could be connected back to witch hunts. Yeah, I mean, they realized the mob mentality could grow and become so powerful that you can... I mean, we see this today. Yeah. Uh, it's up to you what your standpoint is, but, like, people call it cancel culture. People call it whatever they want to call it. Usually they just call it witch hunts. But yeah. yeah. Um, it's going out and finding reasons to remove something mm-hmm. out of its power because of something that you can poke holes in it right and on um, that note the conductor is clawing his way back in <laughs> you can continue on the topic once yeah. we get back from these messages yeah i gotta go shovel more of that goal into the engine to keep it going yeah we need we need to keep the upkeep on this train going so we will be right back you're listening to the paranormal express Do you like punk music? Here on KUR, we have Cat Beast Radio. Tune in Saturdays at 10 p.m. Only on the radio voice of Kutztown University. KUR Kutztown. Hi, I'm Brett Michaels for the American Diabetes Association. Diabetes is a constant battle. Testing, treating, fighting to live a normal life. I know, I've had diabetes since I was six years old. A lot of people don't think it's deadly, but diabetes kills more Americans each year than breast cancer and AIDS combined. It's been called a silent epidemic, and without your help, it will keep getting worse. Please join me in the movement to stop diabetes. Share your passion and your story. Get involved in local events like the Tour de Cure or the Step Out Walk. Learn how you can better manage this disease or reduce your odds of developing it. And give what you can to help us spread the word and fund programs like the Diabetes Camps for Kids and research to find a cure. Join the movement at StopDiabetes.com. Help us fight a deadly disease that shortens and burdens the lives of millions of Americans. Together, we can stop diabetes. Welcome back. Passengers on the Paranormal Express. I hope you enjoyed those messages. Yes. What were we talking about before? So I was getting into the nitty-gritty of pentagrams. More specifically, the idea of how the outcry and the 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 stigma was produced in a more modern light. um, Continuing. Uh, So I was in the 1960s. You know, we saw the start of a satanic panic. the I, I think the the literal the the literal construction of a satanic temple was 
around the 60s, mid 60s. Yeah, Levey started in I think 61 or something yeah. like that. Um, but he's different. So that didn't help. Then we also bring in he was the atheist. turn of the decade into the beginnings, the early threads, beginning of rock becoming more yes. metal, becoming heavier, becoming harder. Themes yeah. hard of darker rock. shadow. Hard rock right? park. Yeah, hard rock. It's gone. Um, so that all brews, but that was all brewing just in time for a weaning but still ever-present nationwide anti-Semitism from, mm. the, from the end of World War II. Right. Because we saw that a lot in the country after the end because um, they didn't talk about it much, but there was a, a general consensus. I mean, you see that with any refugees, like even like back in 2014 when uh, the war in... Uh, what's that country called? <laughs> I can't remember the name of the country in the Midwest that where he was gassing his own people, or supposedly was gassing his own people, or using chemical warfare on them. Yeah, I can't remember the name of the country. It's so ah, it's not Afghanistan, right? No, no, no. Or any of those? No, no, no. Syria. Syria. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah because there was a bunch of refugees that that came across the uh, Mediterranean yeah. and stuff, mm-hmm. and then you saw some like anti-Syrian and anti. Uh, not immigrant but uh, refugee stuff then as well and I would expect you would see that back in World War 2 when there was a mass refugee from Europe of Jewish people yeah and just in general like this there's this Jewish people have also been like the the outcasts for a long time yeah we've we've, they've been constantly oppressed for a very long time um, and that has not even as it's it's a little bit more dusted under the it's swept under the door dusted under the rug in America but uh, so like post World War Two there was this idea that the reason the war happened was because of Jewish yeah. people existing yeah which is the <clears throat> stupidest thing really you could ever have but anti-Semitism has been around for centuries before that and is still continuing today. The blood libel today. was like at least the 1300s, I believe. Yeah. The myth of the blood libel. Um, and of course, with uh, in uh, the symbol of, you know, the Star of David and as I said, the Seal of Solomon earlier, um, just being able to draw those parallels is such an easy and powerful tool to use against them, mm-hmm. even though it may not be literally pointing the finger but it's just something when you would see a star, David, you would go, "Oh my God, is a, pen- a pentagram or something." Like, yeah, yeah, that's bad. I, um, I still have seen people confuse them, uh, like on oh, yeah. videos and stuff, and not realize, "Oh wait, this isn't this, the star, David." Because we've normalized different. it too too fast, too quickly, and, and yeah. you don't. No, it, it, nobody goes out of the way to actually learn the differences. That's why we Even still have the star, con- David, is just two triangles. Yeah, we still have a continuing issue with. Um, um, like that's a fantastic example of uh, <laughs> I like seeing the gears turn on that second one yeah. um, 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 uh, uh, there's a, a continuing issue with um, what's the word when you take a symbol or something from from a culture and use it for your own syncretism not not uh, or appropriation like, appropriation yeah. Okay. It's it's almost in that same kind of vein where they're just taking these images and ideas and then using it unwillfully and unlawfully, yeah. and that's an issue we continue to have because we kind of, as the the power of these these cultures dies, it's, it's becoming a thing. I don't want to, yeah. So um, that's like scratching the surface on like the importance of the pentacle in general, but yeah. yeah. Okay. 
So I'm going to continue with what I kind of started with before, or at least mm-hmm. the same culture, if you're done anyway. I am, yes. Okay. Um, and going back to the ancient Greeks, um, some of their uh, rituals for deceased, though these are ones not... Um, with a less mythological aspect to them, because, of course, the other one had to do with uh, Charon. Mm-hmm. This one uh, is sort of just how they prepared their dead, in a way. They had three sort of stages, um, or is it two? Three parts, it says here. Uh, the prothesis, which is like the laying out of the body and the preparing of the body for burial. Uh, the ekphora, which is the funeral procession. And uh, I guess there's no name for it, or they don't list one here, but the... Um, the internment of the body or like the cremation of the remains um trying to figure out because i didn't highlight exactly where they talk about this but basically like the prothesis is like a um this is the period where people come to like the funeral home and like mourn the person um friends and relatives come to pay their respects kind of like when you have like an open casket funeral and people go up and like you know i don't know actually what people say at open casket funerals I've only been to one funeral in my entire Probably life. Probably, like... Besides well, my own. I was there. Well wishes. <laughs> Except maybe they're well wishes or yeah. just goodbyes or... So, or what it says here, during prothesis, relatives and friends came to mourn and pay their respects. Lamentation of the dead is featured in Greek art, at least as early as the geometric period, which is like a period of uh, vase styles in ancient Greece. I don't know if you know about any of that. Try not to turn away from the mic and to look at you. I know, I, I'm just seeing if you know about that. Okay. Um, so basically, that's just a period with a certain style to their, um, usually pottery. Um, and then following that comes like the procession to the cemetery or wherever they would inter their dead, uh, which apparently took place shortly before dawn. And uh, their tombs were either built like either monumental like earth mounds or sometimes there were actual tombs that were built with uh, marble and stelae. And uh, statues to mark where their deceased were because they believed, of course, the dead are immortal through uh, remembrance, similar to like ancient Egypt, I guess. But they don't have, uh, I, it's not the same, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's similar, it's the same idea. Um, so they would do stuff like that, and then people would come and make offerings with like small cakes and what they were here as libations. Have you? I'm sure you've heard the word libation before. Yes, right? I have. Do yeah. you know what a libation is, though? Not off the top of my head. Okay, a libation specifically. The definition is a drink poured out as an offering to a deity, which I think is an interesting idea for this. But usually, like a lot of bars and like places where you can get like drink. One um, for me and one for my Basically, yes. <laughs> They, uh, that's what a libation is. So I think it's kind of interesting that it's almost like they're trying to deify their dead in a way, but maybe minorly, just to keep them alive. Not alive, but like the idea of them being immortal yeah, in so, the afterlife. Yeah, you can draw like an idea for that, like um, the way many... Uh, this is a very uh, interesting music to have in the background for yeah, this conversation. Yeah, I feel like about to get killed. Like, oh, um, uh, uh, parallels. Uh, okay, it's not... <laughs> Um, uh, like you can draw those to Hispanic cultures where they celebrate the dead and the idea of the gifts they leave and the memories they have and the way they pray is to keep their spirit actually alive and together and if they were forgotten their spirit dies yeah. as well um, or in um, 
our like surface surface understanding of Egyptians and how uh, pharaohs could could proceed onto godhood based on the 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 fruits of their labor and and what their legacy left behind is how great their placement is in heaven and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so if if you're they built the pyramids to last because sure the pyramid fall then they would lose their place in heaven because their yeah. their their remembrance is or well the afterlife yeah and the afterlife in general because uh, not everyone calls it heaven no I don't even know if the Chinese necessarily called their heaven but that's usually what it's translated as yeah um but yeah that's essentially the idea that that's the basic overview of like how the Greek ritualized their funerals okay. um. Yeah, they, so apparently on early, like, depictions of their dead, like, their, um, like, the markings, like, the stelae that they would have to mark yeah. their dead, there was, like, very, there was images and things to say who it was about the person's life, so, like, their servants would be there on the, like, images, and their dog and other possessions, um, it literally says dog here. I'm not just saying that because I like dogs. No, no, I, I'm just, I'm just thinking of the most adorable little caricature of a dog. Yeah. Just there. Which is interesting because dogs are also specific to Hecate, yeah. which we've mentioned before, I think, which is why she became my favorite goddess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, I, but as like time went on, it seems like a lot of things made it difficult because there was like more names and things just got inscribed differently, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so it made it hard for to distinguish deceased from the mourners, it says, which I don't know exactly how. Oh, because they were depicted in the scenes. So it was hard to depict who was dead in the scenes and who were the mourners for some reason. Wow. Uh, (laughs) They're still... Oh, because there were just so many people, I guess. But, like... Yeah, what about that? This is Greece. (laughs) I'm not talking about their uh, rituals yet. Actually, I don't have anything on them. I technically talked about his ritual in another episode. Yeah, there you go. Anyway. Anyway. Panda's showing us stuff on his phone, so... <laughs> it's just... Whoever decided to get... I forget a, what he was originally. Whoever decided to bury a panda with a with a cell phone is beyond me. It was his. It's so he can uh, search stuff up in the afterlife and show it to us on the train, apparently. It's a terrible, a terrible version of that anime <laughs> in the afterlife with my smartphone. Yeah. Do you want to do your next one, or do you want me to go? Actually, that would be great, one? because mine kind of ties into what we're talking about. If we're talking about the dead and burials and things like that, this yeah, yeah. really My next one's going to be about that, too. So Awesome. So now we're just talking about the dead. Pretty much. I mean, as we That's said... That's what a lot of these rituals are. Yeah, before we went live recording, we were talking about the, the whole idea that like rituals commonly follow like deaths, because it's... I'm still of the mind that that's mostly because when it comes to historical record, we learn more about the dead than we do the other aspects yeah. of people's lives from a lot of ancient cultures mm-hmm. anyway. It's just what's left behind usually is that stuff. Yeah. So. There uh, are other things. Like I'm not saying that's the only thing, but it's just often that. So what I'd like to move on no, to. No, I'm going to keep interrupting you. Okay. <laughs> no, go ahead. So. Anyway. <laughs> um. So, uh, I want to talk about fantasy coffins. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, FAVs. Oh, okay. Or fantas- fantastic afterlife vehicles. Is that like the FAV virus vehicles. from Fallout? <laughs> yeah, that's right. We get steam here It sounds in the like a afterlife. military device. 
but it's they're called FAVs or Fantastic Afterlife. Yeah, it's like uh, the Moabs. Yeah, but less or, explosive, um, I guess. Uh, what is what is it? An ICB, an intercontinental ballistic missile, yeah, yeah, ICBM. Yeah, yeah. The ICBMs um, keep us free. A UAV. Um, I don't know it's what that stands for. Song, but. Um, so I I don't want to find it so comical, but it's just the idea of calling them fantastic afterlife vehicles is amazing. But um, uh, this is an insanely important to the people of Ghana, specifically okay. the greater Accra region, which That's is um, South America, right? Or is this Africa? <clears throat> this is Africa. Okay. This is uh, I'm thinking of Guyana. That's yeah. South America. Uh, this is off of Lake Chad, um, specifically. So right. um, the origin of these is in the... Why is it called uh, Lake Chad? Chad means lake. Lake Lake? Yeah, it's literally what they <laughs> named it. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, so um, this kind of comes from that... Re- it's mainly popularized in that region. Um, the origin of these is something called a figurative uh, a, a palanquin, which is a kind of litter. Have you ever heard of the word litter before? Like, like not like a kitten's litter, but a litter. Either the litter that a cat, like, you know, uses or a litter that it gives birth to. Um, A litter is the term for um, a a human powered vehicle is what they like to call them. Um, It's literally like the boxes royalty are put in. Would the Flintstones car be considered a litter? Because it's human powered. They move it with their feet. Not really because it's not. It's a bike. It's not to be shown off ceremonies okay specifically a litter is those boxes that they raise up on their shoulders and carry oh with them, the with coffin them. dance people yeah yeah you could call it that yeah like that's kinda what kinda the like memes pa- call kind of anyway. like what pallbearers are uh but like not like specifically if you've ever seen like this 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 um um uh bo- i i can't call it anything but a bots it's a bots that looks amazing and they put royalty in it and then the the oh uh, yeah 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 i don't know what those are it. called yeah, that, those are called like a uh, 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 litter specifically. Yeah, that's a great example of one. Yeah, um, I, I never have heard that term for that before. I expected them to be called something different, but yeah, they're called l- uh, litters. So that's what these figurative planquins are. They're a kind of litter that is tied into a totem, a or... uh, palanquin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what this is—a a figurative palan- uh, a palanquin. Yeah. But apparently, the vehicle. vague term for it is a litter. Um, but uh, uh, specifically, the figurative palanquin for Ghana is a, it is uh, tied into a totem or a spirit that is based on uh, the tribe that is doing the ceremony, because mm-hmm. um, those tribes are founded by a person that has performed some kind of deed or adventure or some kind of plight, uh, whatever it is, um, and that determines whatever their totem spirit is, whether that be a lion, a chicken, or something specific. It's based off of their their history in that, um, and uh, uh, so this group is called the Ga, which is an ethnic group that dates back to the 1600s. Uh, they believe that when buried, their kings or matsemi is what they're called, or chiefs and other royalty, were be delivered ceremoniously with a presentation of their totem all over that um, their coffins. So these totems are important to the history and culture of those tribes. And they are selected based on those accounts. Uh, the litter was a colonial idea introduced to them by the Aquamu, which are, uh, were, was a neighboring uh, civilization. Um, before them, they literally just carried their dead on their shoulders. <laughs> like just Yeah, body? just out there. All yeah. right, cool. Raw dogging it. <laughs> 
Um, so today, in modern uh, Ghana, their death is still respected to that um, in the same way. The burial in these FAVs honors the old tradition of the Palenquin, but with a more modern take now. Uh, the tradition is still similar. The status of those buried in coffins is still in question, usually because royalty doesn't really exist in the modern day. Right. Um, they still have chiefs. They still have people that are officials, wise men, leaders of their towns or areas. Right. Um, and uh, but but now the spirit is still in the design. They still try to hold on to the tradition, knowing their ancestral lineage. Um, but now uh, some coffins even display their profession, which is interesting. Um, I saw a few images when I was browsing around. There is a there is a an airplane sense. somebody was buried in. Uh, there's like you know like an typical, actual airplane or was it just a box? It was made, a box okay. made to look like an airplane. It was painted, made out of wood. Um, um, some Could of them have actual like another version of it. If they don't choose a profession, is it's a very nice looking boat that they ship out mm-hmm. as well. Um, um, but uh, one of the most interesting ones I saw. That is a great example of literally their profession, and the design they did was amazing. Um, it was. Have you ever heard of the Center Pompidou? No. It is a. Uh, I've heard of a Pompidou. It is a museum of modern architectural art in Paris, France. Okay. And a man from Ghana was buried in a recreation of the building. All right. So I'm assuming did the take from it? that is that he either worked on it or he was an artist himself and yeah. had some kind of artwork put into that I feel like you'd have to have museum. several for it to be that important. Yeah. Uh, that or th- maybe it was his dream and then maybe. he took that on to be like, this is in my dying will. I want that to be what I'm buried in. Yeah. It's fascinating looking because at first glance, I mean, first of all, the center Pompidou looks like a uh, it's under construction currently. Mm-hmm. Because, but that's just part of its design. It's literally all just loose metal bars and this weird tunnel that goes around. So... Um, but I just thought it was interesting that, that that idea of the totem turned into it's my profession. It's what I care about. I'm going to be buried in that. And so some of the images I saw. Are you, do you mean like the animal totems? Because that's a Native American thing. Yeah. Well, they have totems in the same sense okay. that it's like um, they have a spirit or something that is based on an animal that clan uh, takes okay. in as their symbol. Mm. So there's a lion totem. There's a chicken totem. There's a cow totem. There's a... Uh, uh, insert another cool animal from the area um, or just things maybe not even like there could be a sun totem as well mm-hmm. it's just it, it becomes a guardian or a deity of theirs that is just like more specific to this is what our idea is and our culture is based on okay that's so yeah that's a that's a fantastic afterlife vehicle well that's a good so, time for the conductor to be clawing really his way quick, in before again. he calls go it, ahead you have, a, you have a little bit um, uh, what would you be buried in if you had a fantastic afterlife uh, the, vehicle. The, the pod that'll grow into a tree. Okay. Okay. That's what I actually want to be buried in, yeah. Yeah. I, I just found it interesting. If I had to choose an FAV. I guess a replica a, of this train. I guess it'd be a camera if I could be buried. If I had been buried in an FAV, it'd be like a camera. But um, that's a, that was a long time ago. I mm-hmm. got buried. So I think I was buried. I start forgetting sometimes. I don't know. Um, but anyway, yeah. yes, yeah. Let's, let's let the conductor in. Yes. Um, his he's scratching. He's is... starting to come in through the window now. <laughs> anyway, I thought I felt a chill, but it's always cold here. <laughs> yeah. You're listening to Paranormal Express. We'll be right back after these few messages. Did you know that KUR, Kutztown University's award-winning radio station, is on Spotify? 
we offer an incredible sampling of some of our best talk, informational, and educational programming as podcasts on the service. Find KUR's podcast page on Spotify by typing in the words Kutztown University Radio or Kutztown University into the Spotify search bar. This is KUR, the radio voice of Kutztown University. Programming on KUR provided in part by the students of Kutztown University Radio. Checking campus headlines, Kutztown University celebrated Unity Day Thursday, September 1st morning on Schaefer Lawn. Dr. Kenneth Hawkinson, university president, along with university leaders, representatives from the student body, the community, and other campus officials, gave remarks celebrating KU's diversity and sense of belonging to the Golden Bear community. The Dalai Lama said if we wish to ensure everyone's peace and happiness, we need to cultivate a healthy respect for the diversity of our peoples and cultures, founded on understanding of this fundamental sameness of all human beings. Indeed, as we begin a new year as a community, we must renew our commitment to diversity and our common values. Only by seeking understanding of each other and rejecting all forms of racism, sexism, anti-Semitism, bigotry, brutality, violence, and discrimination can we find happiness and peace. That was Kutztown University President Dr. Kenneth Hawkinson talking about cultivating a healthy respect for diversity. The event took place during the university's annual Community Link Fair, which brought together local businesses, nonprofits, and places of worship with the campus community. KU's diversity rate among its student body continues to increase. The diversity rate at KU has grown from 11% in 2009 to 23% as of fall 2021, a 4% increase from 2019. We check news hourly on KUR. That oh, was yeah, live. Yes, <laughs> I kind of want to leave that in. <laughs> Welcome back to the Paranormal Express, bro. You have no lo- idea how long I had to wait until get a iPad, ghost iPad was available in the underworld. All right, you, you have no idea. Like Apple is very hard. You know they're, they're very bad at spreading the, their availability. I know yeah, that yeah. Uh, personally because of selling some of those products. Working at Ghost Buy. Yeah. <laughs> Best Ghost. I work at Best Ghost, yeah. <laughs> Best trade. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. They don't make their devices available in many countries, mm. so crossing dimensions and worlds, that's very hard. Um, yeah. This thing's amazing. Ghostbook and uh, 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 GooTube look fantastic <laughs> on here. So, <laughs> if you're just joining us... Um, we're talking about rituals today. Uh, right. We had a few talks. I talked about the pentagram and some fantasy Ooh. coffins, and we've had some other ideas for, for different. The, the idea has become more barrels now, it seems, but um, rituals just like seem to fall into place. So what do you want to take us into now? So I did say earlier that it was going to be similar to that, but it's not. I changed okay. my mind. Okay, that's um, fine. Instead, I'm going to talk about it's similar in a way. There is... Uh, death, I guess, involved. Usually voluntary, sometimes. Sometimes not. Um, I'm going to talk about human sacrifice. Because mm-hmm. that's a major ritual that at least is claimed to be a part of a lot of cultures. Mm. Whether it actually is or not kind of depends on who you talk to, I guess, it seems. In some cases, anyway. Um, 
Specifically, I'm going to talk about it when it has to do with the Celtic people. Celtic people are very spread out uh, people from many different countries in usually Western Europe. There's some groups from Spain, some in France, I think some in Germany. Mm -hmm. It's a little spread out. That's the further area. The most common understood Celtic people today are the Irish, the Scottish, and the Welsh. But there's also other groups um, that are included in that. So they supposedly, according to some Roman sources, specifically uh, Julius Caesar, or Kaiser, if you want to call him that, also Posidonis, or He's Roman, Jesuit. isn't he? Or no, he's Greek. That makes more sense. Um, so Caesar would say that uh, the Gauls, which is these people usually, uh, burnt animal and human sacrifices in the thing that known as a wicker man, which is where that idea comes from. The wicker man. The wicker man. Uh, so basically, there's even a depiction from the 19th century right here of it mm -hmm. uh, with a bunch of people inside of it, and that would be burnt as a they don't say who it was like dedicated to i assume some god but i don't know i feel like it places itself uh, it's kind of universal yeah. it could be used in specifics with what you're faced with at that time yes because if there's no overarching deities or specifics it's in your area you know because because well, the, the the combatants one of the reasons caesar says at least is that the victims in this were usually criminals so this might have been a form of execution mm -hmm. rather than uh an actual sacrifice but as i mentioned Pos uh posidonis posidonius actually uh wrote that druids would oversee this and that they would use this as a way to sort of divine the future uh divination is another topic we could get into because there's a lot of different forms of it and a lot of different things um but supposedly yes they would i guess maybe sift through what was left afterwards and see what would what they could make of it because uh i know other cultures do that like the ancient greeks did that but usually with like animal entrails not uh humans um caesar would also claim that the just, uh, oh yeah, the Gaulish, like, that's slaves of the Gaulish people, um, or, well, the chiefs, usually, would be burnt along with their master. Uh, Sorry to interrupt your regularly scheduled Paranormal Express. I need to bring you a few short messages, because timing got screwed up. From the KUR Notebook. Attention KU community. Want to join KUR but don't want to be on air? We have a spot for you. Contact us at kur at kutztown.edu and express your interest and we will find the perfect place for you at KUR. KUR is anything you want to make it. If you don't hear back within a few days, please stop by rooms 188 or 190 in the McFarland Student Union Building or call us at 610-683-4059 during normal business hours. We hope to see you soon. This message is brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. Funeral rites, so very similar to other cultures that we've talked about previously where um, supposedly the uh, servants and people who are important to the person, especially important, usually only important people who are deceased or have died, uh, 
would get this treatment where they would have their possessions, if you want to call it that. Um, usually, I, from what I understand, especially in later periods, it would be um, they would be actual possessions that represented those things. Like you can even see this in some like video games, like Assassin's Creed uh, Origins. When you go into the uh, pyramids, you can see uh, you can go to one of the sarcophagi and you can see like various little totems and uh, urns and things of that are representative of their servants. Yeah. Um, trying to see if there's anything else, because this doesn't only talk about the Wicker Man, but the Wicker Man is the one I read about. Um, because it does talk about. Oh yeah, so uh, a Roman writer. So this actually kind of gets into the gods a little bit, uh, which we haven't talked too much about Celtic gods on here. No, I think I've mentioned Kernunos maybe once or twice, yeah. but because he's my favorite Celtic god because he's interesting. Um, but a Roman writer named Lucan, Marcus Aeneas Lucanus. Uh, mentioned human sacrifices to the Gaulish gods, Essus, who, just a quick little synopsis, I'm trying to see if I can get something, uh, known for two monumental statues, apparently, for Essus, that's all he's known for. I don't know if he represents anything, I can take a quick look. Um, doesn't seem like there's anything super on him, but, like, maybe I'll do an episode where I go more into that stuff. Uh, there's also... Tutatus or Tutatus, Tutates, uh, is another Celtic god worshipped in uh, Gaul and Britain. Uh, and apparently, he's just like a sort of like tutelary deity who's like a protector. And then there's Tyrannus, which I know a little bit more about. He's like a storm god, a god of thunder for the Celtic people. Very cool name. Yes, Tyrannus. T a r a n i s. Tyrannus. Yeah. Um. So he said that though Lucan wrote uh, later that uh, people who were sacrificed to Essus were hanged from a tree, uh, Tutatus were drowned, and Tyrannus were burned. So they had three different ways of doing that, apparently, according to him. Um, but that's mostly... There's more here on the Celtic stuff, but I can get into that another time. Uh, I can go into like a smaller thing because I don't think you have any more topics. No, nope, that's that's yeah. Um, get out of here. Sorry, there's a there's a ghost flying attacking me. Uh, I did want to talk a little bit about Phoenicians because they're interesting. Um, we don't know a lot about. I don't know if we know a lot about Phoenicians. I didn't think we did. Yeah. Um, they're kind of almost a lost civilization. Mm -hmm. We know they were centered on Crete, I believe, because there's, uh, well, that's uh, the Mayan, Mycenaeans, technically, or Mycenaeans, if you want to call it like that, but the Greeks didn't have soft C sounds in their language. Mm -hmm. Um, <clears throat> so there's not a whole lot known about them, but it's believed from Roman and Greek sources, uh, that the Phoenicians and Carthaginians sacrificed infants according to this, but what I know of is, which there's actually supposedly archaeological evidence for this, um, and it's sort of the source of the Minotaur, or what the Minotaur represents. So, one thing that's known that we know for sure about the ancient Mycenaeans, which possibly were also Phoenicians, or had some connection to them, um, 
is that they worshipped bulls. Because bulls are heavily, like, everywhere in their iconography and everything. Okay. So we know they worshipped some form of a bull, either as a god or just the animal itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, even the... You know what? I'll, well, I'll, I'll talk about it a little bit more, but we're nearing... The, the conductor, I can hear him walking up. Okay. Um, <clears throat> as well catch it early this time. Yeah. Uh, but the... Um, Sorry. Uh, the Mykonaeans said uh, they, of course, worship bulls. They have the Minotaur, which most people know of. They might not know the origins of the Minotaur. I do, but <laughs> that's besides the point. The Minotaur is a historical, uh, possibly a, a mythological explanation for an actual historical thing. And I will get into that when we get back. Sounds good. You're listening to the Paranormal Express on the radio. On, on, on the radio, possibly. On the radio, possibly. On the, possibly on the radio, possibly. through your headphones, streaming services, everywhere. We're still here. getting used to this format. But yeah, this could take and some non-binary time. friends. Anyway, so. we'll be right back. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Paranormal Express. Timing got screwed up because we're working with a new format, but uh, so this will be the end of the episode despite what was probably just said previously um if you would like to view the full version of this episode you can find out how to do that on the social media platforms that we are on you can find us on twitter at paranormal underscore exp and on instagram at paranormal underscore or underscore sorry paranormal underscore express underscore podcast and you can find us also on spotify on our own page called uh paranormal express should be the same icons as everywhere else so yes thank you again for listening and i hope you enjoy the paranormal express